Hi, hello and welcome. This is the Zonecast where we interview emerging professionals, entrepreneurs and academics. And uh, today we have with us on the show, Nick Romano. He is the CEO of DeepLight. Uh, hi, Nick. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, great to be here. Absolutely. I'm definitely excited uh, for this particular interview, interview. And I think we have a lot that uh, we can uh, talk about. I want to start by talking about your background. Can you share your professional and personal background? Uh, sure, yeah. So uh, I went to, I studied engineering uh, at McMaster University uh, in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Um, I did uh, the uh, engineering and management program there, which is essentially uh, a combined uh, program of uh, an engineering and, uh, and a commerce degree, business degree. Um, so five-year program. I'm actually on the industry advisory council for uh, for that program uh, as uh, as we speak, uh, supporting that program uh, and giving back uh, to that program. But yeah, I graduated uh, uh, back in uh, in the 90s, in 1994, uh, and uh, I did mechanical engineering, but I I went directly into software uh, from my when I graduated uh, into the uh, IT department of CP Rail, uh, and that's where I got my uh, exposure and uh, training, uh, and uh, became uh, became a programmer, uh, and really never looked back. I was in IT ever since, uh, and uh, kind of grew uh, professionally uh, early in my career. Uh, but you know, I was always uh, interested in the business side uh, of of technology, so I uh, started my first company uh, in 1998. Uh, it was a consulting services company where we were uh, doing um, basically building systems inside enterprises like banks and insurance companies to uh, create uh, customer communications. So basically things like your statements, your bills, uh, policy documents, uh, all the programming and, and systems integration that went into creating those types of customer communications. Uh, that's what, uh, what my company was doing. Uh, and that's where I got my first uh, taste of uh, entrepreneurship, uh, running and growing and scaling that consulting services business. Um, then, you know, fast forward a few years, uh, actually pivoted that business uh, from consulting services to to um, to a, an enterprise SaaS company. So uh, conceived of and, and created a new platform uh, based off of the, the experience of the company in consulting services. Uh, we saw an opportunity to create our own platform uh, and uh, launched uh, an enterprise SaaS company uh, around that. Uh, and that's how I kind of learned to grow and scale uh, technology uh, companies uh, from a software perspective. Uh, and so it was a, the company was called MessagePoint. Now it's actually still around. Uh, I, I exited that uh, through private equity a few years ago. Um, but very successful enterprise SaaS platform uh, in the customer communication space. Uh, with great customers and uh, actually got into the AI space uh, but through, through an introduction uh, to my now co-founders, uh, Asan Sabori and uh, Davis Sawyer, uh, who were working on the Deep Light project at an incubator uh, in Montreal. Uh, and uh, so I had been talking to some of the folks at that, at, at that incubator uh, and uh, they introduced me to Asan and Davis who were just getting going with Deep Light and uh, we got along really, really well. They were creating this great platform that we can talk about. Um, I brought the experience of uh, building and running uh, software companies and uh, also uh, invested some of my own money in the early stages of, uh, of DeepLight. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. 
Um, so can you talk more about DeepLight, what it is, how the idea came about, and what products and solutions you offer? Sure. So um, the, 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 the platform that DeepLight's created came about uh, because of a, of a, of a, of a major ish challenge uh, that, uh, the, and that organizations face who are looking to deploy uh, AI, particularly AI that they're looking to deploy um, what, uh, at what's called the edge. So the edge is kind of a, de a term used to describe uh, you know, technology interfacing with the real world. That's so, you know, so like a phone or, or a, an autonomous vehicle or, a, you know, the, the drones, those types of things, basically type technologies that are interacting with the real world. Uh, if you're looking to deploy AI into these types of, you know, quote unquote edge devices, uh, it can be very challenging because deep neural networks, uh, which is uh, one of the uh, areas of AI that we focus on. Uh, deep neural networks are very large. They require a tremendous amount of processing power to run uh, and compute power, uh, use a lot of memory uh, in there. Because of that com computational intensity, uh, it's also very power consumptive. Uh, so with, particularly if you're battery operated edge device, uh, that could be a challenge and problematic for you uh, to run a deep neural network on these types of devices. So um, what we created at DeepLight uh, is an optimization platform where we use um, our own proprietary AI methods to make other AI smaller, faster, uh, and more power efficient. So you can take, uh, you know, a really large uh, deep neural network that maybe you've trained for a specific purpose, you know, say person detection, for example, um, and you've trained it for accuracy. So you want to make sure that it's detecting the things that it's supposed to detect or the people that it's supposed to detect. Um, but it's too big or it's too slow or it's consuming too much power. That's where we come in. You can take that model that you've created, you can run it through the deep light platform uh, and you specify within the platform, hey, I need to make it this size, this fast, et cetera. Uh, and then you just hit run. It's this automated process that'll take that original model uh, and essentially optimize it down to a form factor that you need so that you can now deploy that AI onto constrained uh, hardware uh, and, and constrained devices. So small, um, low cost, low power CPUs and microcontrollers, as opposed to, you know, really big and large uh, graphical processing units, et cetera. Mm -hmm. so, so you have, um, I'm trying to understand, you have an AI product that can help your clients uh, make their AI solution more efficient yeah exactly exactly so it's so we kind of like to say it's it's it's, it's not really a, a true analogy but we like to say we're like wins it for for ai you know we can take uh we can take a big ai model make it small so that you can you can put it in something uh and run it in a very very small uh footprint oh you said winsor for ai w wins it you know like the you know like the, the file compression oh, okay uh, okay 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 yeah yeah okay, yeah cool. okay that's that's uh, interesting. So, uh, how does this work? Like, if I'm a client, um, am I will would I be using? Uh, do you have like a SaaS software that I would be using? Um, how, how does how does the product uh, integrate? Yeah, it's a, it's designed to be deployed within the customer's environment. Uh, you know, a lot of our customers, uh, particularly um, some of the larger, uh, more sophisticated enterprise customers. You know, they're they're uh, their, their deep neural networks, their, their models, their training data, the, tr the data that they use to train those models, 
they're very proprietary uh, and to the to their business. Uh, so they're not they're not generally very comfortable just sending that outside of their organization into a, like a cloud service, for example. Um, so what we do is we uh, our platform is designed to be deployed and installed uh, within the customer's machine learning AI uh, operations workflow, basically. So, you know, if you've uh, if you're if you've got a computer vision team, for example, you know, you've got your own training environment. Uh, that's typically where DeepLight's platform uh, will reside. You train your model, you run it through the DeepLight um, optimization engine, uh, and then uh, the resulting model out of uh, out of our engine gets deployed uh, into uh, into the edge devices based on their use case. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about uh, what ki kind of uh, clients are um, using your product? Yeah, we're in a lot of different areas uh, right now. Um, I mentioned computer vision. Uh, that's kind of our core focus at the moment. I mean, we can address other types of, of uh, AI use cases, but computer vision and perception, you know, basically cameras, camera-based camera uh, uh, so, uh, solutions, those are the kinds of organizations that are using our technology. Uh, you know, so for example, we're working with a very large steel manufacturer uh, that's using our technology uh, as part of a um, uh, an inspection process. So they're looking for its quality control. They're looking for defects within the steel as it's being manufactured. Uh, they're using our platform uh, to make the that process run faster. Uh, so their model was running too slowly, and they're using us to to fix that. Uh, we've got a, a toy uh, company that's using us for immersive play uh, for apps that they're deploying onto smartphones and tablets. Uh, we've got a, a, an automotive, a mobility uh, scenario or customer that's using our technology. They've got a really interesting uh, platform where they're uh, using uh, their current, they, they've, they've created this assisted driving platform that they can put into trucks. So they sell into large fleets and trucking companies. Um, and uh, for the, the original version used uh, maps uh, for speed detection. So, you know, they would use GPS and but depending on where they were, you know, they look they look at the map system and say, all right, well, this is a 60 mile an hour zone. Uh, but the problem they were having was uh, if the ch the speed zone changed, like if it was a construction zone, for example, so temporary change in the speed uh, that wasn't being captured. So they wanted to put AI within this system. Uh, but you know, of course, this is not a brand new company. They've got thousands of these units in the field uh, with you know limited processing power. Uh, so they're using DeepLight to uh, create this speed detection model uh, and they need to optimize it and compress it so that we can get it into a size so that they can deploy it into that existing hardware so they don't have to upgrade uh, all of the, the hardware on those boards. So it's a really great story of uh, deep light being used to optimize a model so that they can push that model uh, into their existing customer base. So those are just, you know, so you can see we're in a lot of different uh, kind of different types of organizations, but they all kind of have similar challenges where uh, they either want to make a model faster, or they want to make it smaller, uh, or more power efficient. Uh -huh. That's uh, that's great. So recently you had a fundraising round. Um, I believe you raised about seven point five million. Um, uh, so can you talk about your fundraising round? What the whole process was like, and who are your investors? Yeah, sure. So uh, I mean, we were we started fundraising uh, very early. Uh, in, uh, in in the company's uh, genesis, uh, so you know we kind of started the process in the fall of 2019. Uh, 
Um, in uh, the early part of 2020, we actually had a term sheet from a, a different investor um, uh, that was uh, that looked very very promising. Uh, for that was a four million, approximately four million US was that uh, was that term sheet, um, and uh, and then then the pandemic uh, kind of started, uh, you know, in uh, early 2000, 2020. Uh, and uh, so the, the the venture capital fund that we were talking to, uh, what they were in the process of closing their own fund, uh, which is you know if, if you're familiar with the venture capital world, that's kind of how it works. You've got venture capital companies, they raise money from limited partners and that's and then they then they invest those funds. So that's how venture capital kind of works. Uh, and unfortunately because of the pandemic that slowed down their closing and then eventually they they just weren't able to close their fund. Uh, so we weren't able to 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 get that deal done. So we ended up uh, doing uh, a smaller round, a smaller bridge round uh, early but it closed about mid 2020. Uh, to uh, just to kind of keep things going, uh, and then we, uh, you know, it was an interesting process over the course of 2020 because basically we're fundraising, building our platform, launching our product, uh, and doing all of this stuff while working from home. None of us was together, uh, and still aren't. Uh, we've been doing everything virtually, uh, but you know, we were able to, uh, you know, get some really strong interest in the investor community. Uh, and then we met up with uh, Rob May, who's a partner at PJC uh, in Boston, uh, and he uh, really, really liked the story. Actually, we had met with him earlier in the year, uh, but he had just joined uh, PJC. So it was kind of early uh, for him, and it, might, it was a little early for us uh, in terms of where we were as well. Uh, but we reconnected uh, in the fall uh, of last year, uh, and he saw the progress. He was pretty impressed. And uh, kind of decided to move forward and, and gave us a term sheet. And in the process, uh, we brought in some other investors as well. So we've got uh, InnoSpark Ventures out of Boston. We've got Differential Ventures out of New York and Philadelphia. Um, and we, uh, we have some Canadian investors as well. Uh, Desjardins Capital, BDC Capital, uh, Samel Investments, and, uh, and the incubator uh, that we were uh, originally came out of uh, called Tandem Watch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, you have... Uh multiple investors so when yep. you have that many uh, cooks in the kitchen do things get complicated uh well it's pretty early on so so far so good we'll have our first board meeting next week so i could probably tell you uh in about 10 days but uh no i, I don't think so i mean they're they're known the, the especially the uh the uh the new money uh that's the the u.s investors that kind of know each other um, we were actually introduced uh, to InnoSpark by uh, by Rob uh, at PJC. Um, so you know, there's the, the the when you're looking for investors, it's important to uh, to look beyond the money uh, and look at the value creation uh, that comes with uh, with the investors. So uh, you know, what we love about this uh, this syndicate, uh, and you know, I'll use the U.S. investors as the example, but you know, Rob uh, was a was an entrepreneur himself, very successful. Uh, growing and scaling his own companies before he, he became uh, a, a venture capitalist. Uh, so, you know, he's got a lot of deep operational expertise. Uh, same thing with Venkat uh, from, from InnoSpark. He's one of the founders uh, of uh, InnoSpark, uh, very successful entrepreneur, uh, very uh, strong network. Um, and, and both of them have a very deep AI domain expertise as well. Uh, but Venkat's also a PhD, very technical. Um, so understands deep learning, uh, which is really important in our business, which is very research intensive. 
David Magerman uh, from Differential, for example, uh, again, Stanford PhD, he was one of the key uh, folks over at uh, Renaissance Technologies uh, building out that platform uh, for with that hedge fund. Uh, so very strong machine learning AI uh, acumen there as well. So everybody kind of brings their own strengths to the table. Uh, and it's it basically, it's my job as the CEO uh, to not just, you know, advance the business, but also to leverage the, 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 the talent uh, that's around the table uh, that, that's, uh, that's come along with the investment. The, the, with the investment. Mm -hmm. um, so were you able to get to the valuation that you wanted? Or do you feel like you had to compromise um, to get investors? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, there's always a little bit of give and take and a negotiation uh, in in this in in these situations. Um, so, but yeah, we're very happy with the valuation that we got, uh, and the uh, the cap table uh, is uh, is solid. You know, it was very important for uh, us as a group to make sure that the cap table was well positioned uh, for the next round of financing, you know, our series A, uh, which we want to do in a, you know, a year or two. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's give and take when you, when you're negotiating these things, but uh, you know, it's really, again, that's, this is where it becomes really important to make sure that you have the right partners at the table. Uh, and it's not just about, um, you know, somebody squeezing the company to try to get the best deal that they can and only really caring about, uh, you know, the, the potential financial returns. There's a lot more to, uh, creating a, a good team uh, of uh, within the company as well as the, with your investors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you able to disclose the valuation at which you raised? No, I'm not not comfortable doing that. I'm not sure I, sh I should actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, do, did you consider the option of you know growing the business organically, self financing, and retaining the you know the, all the profits and uh, and ownership? Um, did, did you have to ha decide between the two or was like fundraising an obvious choice? No, for, for Deep Light, fundraising was really the right path. Uh, you know, I, if I look back at my my prior company, Message Point, uh, and even before that, um, those were all, in the past, it was all organically created. Uh, so, you know, it was it was really good because I was able to use the, um, the basically the free cash flow from the consulting services to fund uh, the development work. Uh, but, you know, with message point, which it was a fan, it was and is a fantastic platform, but at the end of the day, it's real that was really just an engineering exercise. You know, we knew what we wanted to build. Uh, we just had to find the right people, uh, and, and build it as fast as we could and as robust as we could. Um, so that was something we could do organically. Uh, it took a bit, took a bit longer to do, but it was successful and we were able to retain a lot more of the ownership. Uh, but with Deep Light, that's not really the case. Uh, Deep Light being a deep tech company, there's a lot of IP that we generate. Uh, so there's a lot of research uh, that has to go into that IP uh, before it can be commercialized. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's that takes money and that takes time. Uh, so, you know, in order to fund something organically, you either have to have a lot of money yourself already um, or you need to have revenue. Uh, so if you're looking to launch uh, a deep tech platform up without revenue, uh, you have to fund it somehow. And that's where, what's, that's where the, the VC community comes in. And that's the value that they bring uh, to the table is, uh, you know, bringing in the funds to help get you going uh, and also uh, helping uh, augment expertise uh, in, in growing the business. Yeah, I guess, I guess if you have to do your research and product development, um, especially for AI, 
you, you that that uh, is something that requires uh, you know you having a certain amount of budget sure. um, for for exactly. that kind of research and product development but yeah if you were in a situation where you already have the product and then then you could uh, think about organic growth but in in a situation like this you know uh, when when you have to develop the product and do your research uh, that kind of investment can be helpful um yeah. so um recently we have been um, impacted by uh, challenging economic times uh, industries and businesses have been affected did you experience any growth or decline in your business um not really i mean the 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 probably the the most uh uh sort of significant event was uh, the what i described earlier where we had uh, you know we had a term sheet last early last year uh from an investor uh that didn't materialize so that you know obviously uh and uh, required us to sort of change our, our plans and our focus uh, and our timeline a little bit uh, before we were able to get this round done. But, you know, if uh, there's a, it, it, at the end of the day, um, we're lucky, we, we have, we're lucky in the sense that we've got the kind of business that you can, you know, everybody can kind of work virtually uh, and leverage, you know, collaboration technology like we're, like we're doing right now uh, and continue to do, uh, what we uh, what we need to do to, to advance the business. So, um, for the most part, you know, business development for us has been good. We, you know, we were able to get the platform created, uh, or at least the you know the initial version of it uh, launched middle of last year. We've been able to get uh, customers now uh, on the platform. Everything that we've been doing, uh, including the fundraising, has all been done virtually. So, you know, knock on wood, everything so far is uh, has been pretty good. Even the even the conferences that we've been attending. Um, which are on virtual platforms now. Um, they were pretty good last year, um, but um, you know I think people are starting to, to get fatigued uh, for online uh, events. I think a lot of people are kind of chomping at the bit to get face to face again with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, do you have direct competitors, or is, or is this like a unique product of its kind? Um, well, every product's kind of got their own set of differentiation, um, but there are other companies. Uh, there's there's quite a few companies that label themselves as optimization uh, technology for AI. That that that's a, a a word that's used to describe a lot of different pe- a lot of different components uh, of the solution, though. Uh, so not all optimizations are are treated equally. It depends on what you're doing, because some are focused more on the training side, uh, whereas we focus more on the inference side, which is where the AI actually runs. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a busy space, but it's a na- nascent uh, space as well. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of new uh, tools that are coming to market, including our own. Uh, so you know, getting our brand out there, getting awareness of what we do uh, is really really important. That's why I'm pleased to be doing this uh, this show with you today. Mm-hmm. Um, can you uh, share a fun fact about yourself? A fun fact. Well, I'm a I'm a pilot. I haven't flown for a long time. Uh, uh, but it's been uh, it's been a few years. Business and family have kind of taken over some of that free time. But uh, yeah, I've, I've uh, got my glider pilot's license and my private pilot's license, and looking forward to uh, getting back in the saddle one of these days and and getting getting back up in the air. So, like, what kind of planes? Like the four seater planes, or like the passenger planes? Or like uh, fighter planes, like what kind of? Yeah, plane? just uh, you know, a private pilot's license. So 
you know, two seater, four seater, that sort of thing. Nothing, nothing okay. super big, but the gliders is pretty cool. Like that's the, uh, where, where you get towed, uh, by another plane up, uh, up and then you disconnect and it's just you, uh, the plane in the air. That's, uh, that's actually really, really fun. Oh, that's cool. So where did you learn flying? Um, I was, uh, uh, in the air cadets, uh, here in Canada. It's, uh, oh. uh, an organization that, uh, it's a, it's got an, an affiliation with the uh, the Canadian Armed Forces, uh, uh-huh. but I was I did that when I was in my teens. Uh, so I was in the the Air Cadets and part of that program. Uh, if you were able to, and it was a a select group within the program were able to do this, but uh, I was able to get my glider pilot's license and my private pilot's license uh, back in my teens oh. uh, when I was doing that. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty interesting. That's definitely yeah. a fun fact for sure. Yeah, it was pretty um, cool. That's interesting. So I got to pretend I was a fighter pilot, but I really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, perfect. Well, yeah. uh, Nick, it has been very nice uh, speaking with you and learning about your product and your fundraising background and your and your story. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck with, uh, with the programming. Absolutely. Uh, you want to share your website? Sure. It's uh, www.deeplight.ai. All right, perfect. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you get a chance to learn from Nick and, and DeepLight about uh, how they're bringing about innovation in the AI space. And if you have any questions, definitely visit the website and learn more. And thank you so much for listening to Zonecast and stay tuned for more episodes.